0: This is the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, episode 144. Hey, thanks so much for listening, and I know you're going to enjoy this episode. So here's the thing. If you want some help setting up your marketing, specifically installing the tools and a system that continually brings in extra listings and sales, we're now accepting private clients. And if we make the decision to work together, you'll be getting proven ideas, an abundance of resources, and some bankable accountability. If you head over to topagentsplaybook.com forward slash private, you'll find a short letter where I share more about the kind of agents we're looking to work with in our private client group. So if you think we might be a fit, I've included a short form so I can learn a bit more about your business and we can set up a time to talk personally. Once again, it's topagentsplaybook.com forward slash private. Thanks so much and enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, the very best tips, tools, and ideas from real estate's top performers. Now, here's your host, Ray Wood. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. While this podcast goes out to thousands of agents every month in more than 100 countries, I understand the strength of the property market will differ from place to place. In Toronto, where I live, the market is strong, with multiple buyers competing to purchase up to 2 million. But things aren't so strong in centres like Auckland, Melbourne and Sydney, and after a 25-year boom, the cycle has turned and competition for real estate is not as good. So with many of my listeners in Australia and NZ, I want to dedicate this episode to getting results in a changing market. And my guest for this week, as you'll soon discover, is not only ready for change, but excited about the opportunities it's delivering. But before we get into that, let me make a few observations. Number one, the current changes we're seeing are part of a property cycle. There's no way such high levels of property growth can be sustained long term. Sooner or later, there's a correction. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just a cycle like the tide and the seasons. Let's remember, it's been good for a long time. When the property market softens, prices fall, but the actual number of properties coming onto the market falls as well, which is where most agents feel the pinch. The frenzy of competing buyers, which fuels the volume of properties hitting the market, is no longer so strong. Number three, I have no data to back this up, but I'm going to estimate that 90% of agents selling real estate today have never experienced a tough market, which means many don't have the skill set required to get results for their clients. And here's something weird I've noticed. I'm going to call it MGS or market guilt syndrome. I notice many inexperienced agents, for reasons I can't really understand, blame themselves for what's happening. So let's accept the market is not your fault and you're not responsible But what you are responsible for is helping your sellers achieve the best real estate solution they can get. Number four, when you list a property for sale, your client, and let's assume they're motivated and need to sell, have chosen you to deliver a result. What I'm saying is you have a moral and ethical obligation to get them sold for the best price inside your average days on market time. To make this happen, you're going to need to have what today's guest calls real discussions, and probably more than one or two. This is all around managing your seller's expectations and getting their price into the likely selling range. This takes courage and skill, as many agents are discovering. But here's the thing. If you quickly develop these skills, you'll not only survive and thrive in a down market, you and your brand will be beautifully positioned once things turn around. You need to give your sellers cold, hard evidence that their price is too high. Your evidence might come in the form of days on market, the number of unique online visits which fail to convert to physical showings, or good old buyer feedback. And I know these strategies work and work well as they're a regular topic in our private client group. Number five, getting your head right is essential in a tough market. And I've learned so much working with real estate mindset coach Jet Saviour in the last six months. Jet's ideas and mindset tactics are tailored to agents. That inside voice that sits on your shoulder and tells you that you can't do something has destroyed many real estate careers. But long story short, Jet has a strategy for every situation. In fact, if you download his top seven mindset hacks at topagentsmindset.com, you'll see what I mean. It's a short cheat sheet with his best mindset ideas. Okay, my guest today is a formidable force in his market and a major influencer in the Australian real estate scene. He has an impressive and highly successful approach to current market conditions, and I know for a fact that many agents who employ his strategies are doing very, very well. And even though his market has softened, he's full steam ahead and aims to write more than $2 in GCI this calendar year. I have a feeling this interview is going to be on high rotation, and make sure you listen out for his short role-play scripts, which you'll want to learn and implement ASAP. Okay, all that and more coming right up. The Top Agents Playbook Podcast is proudly brought to you by Jiggler. Jiggler is the creative, do-it-yourself, online marketing platform top agents are flocking to. Build everything in minutes right on your desktop. From marketing flyers, reports, lead generators, and social media posts, Jiggler has hundreds of templates waiting for you to customize, download, and print or post. Get started today and try Jiggler free at jiggler.com. That's J I G G L A R.com. Well, Garth McCoskey uh, from Harcourt's The Property People in beautiful Campbelltown, New South Wales. How are you doing, mate? Great, Ray. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for joining me. You're uh we were just talking before we press record and you're having a cracker month. I think you're going to close off at something like uh well you might even get more than 60 listings. You've got 58 to date. Where do you think you'll finish?
1: Uh look, we should finish somewhere around 60 65 right. for the month. Right. That's which fun. is, which is look, it's massive and it's out of the ordinary. Don't, I don't want any of your listeners thinking I'm doing that many every month because oh, I'm not.
0: Now I've got to um, edit that bit out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, that's, that's phenomenal. That's going to give you like, a, you convert those to sales. We're talking close to a million uh, in, uh, in GCI, certainly close to 900. That's crazy. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks.
1: That's a yeah. It is good. Yep. I'm happy about it.
0: Yep. And and what about what will you do for the year? You'd be two and a half to three or something in GCI, do you think?
1: Yeah, I think. Look, the Harcourt year works off April to uh, March, right? Which is the New Zealand financial year. So we're kind of just starting into it now, right? Um, my team goal, which is myself, Michelle, and Caitlin, is to write somewhere above two million right. for the year. Yep. Um. And I'd be stoked if we could, you know, if we could get over two, that'd be brilliant. If we can get to two and a half, uh, that'd be amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Don't
1: think we'll get to three, but anything with a two in front of it would be a um, a PB on the last few years. That's for sure.
0: I've been talking to agents uh, far and wide in uh, in the Antipodes, and I'm I'm sensing that the market's definitely changing, and uh, or has changed. I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, tools for a tough market. What we need to be doing as agents to to get in and 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 get results. And here's the thing, Garth. I think what's going to happen is that we're going to see a a, uh, a thinning of the herd, as they say, because so many agents I'm hearing out there really don't know how to handle this changing market. And and okay, we've been through a pretty phenomenal boom where you didn't have to have a lot of skills to be able to list pretty well and then sell pretty well because the market just kept going up now we've got you know people listing for 800 when their place is probably worth closer to 650 or 7 and it's about managing expectations and stuff but what's some of the things that that you go well firstly have you seen some changes in in your market
1: yeah we have we've seen significant changes I mean we've been on the the roller coaster ride. Um, the last four or five years, and that's been in one direction with the market constantly going up, which has, you know, certainly made it easy every time you get a new listing to achieve a new benchmark or another record result. Um, We noticed our market in Western Sydney started changing probably somewhere between July and October 2017, last year. So we started noting decreases in numbers of inquiries per listings, decreases in numbers of multiple offers per listing. Um, we started noticing, you know, reductions in the number of registered bidders at our in-room auction events. Right, But there were slight changes. And for most of the salespeople I work with, um, you know, that aren't business owners or in management at some level, they generally don't take that much notice of it because they're still selling their stock and they're happy. Yep. Um, so, the problem we have in the market today is exactly that. Most salespeople are very reactive and they haven't really adjusted in a lot of cases to the market that we're in and they're just like a lot of the vendors out there. So, a lot of the vendors that we're meeting with, we're sitting down and having um, you know the tour through the property and in our own minds, we might be thinking, yeah, this is a, a 600 to 620 property, but we know before we even have... A price discussion with that owner, or and we know before we even open the comparable sales and start showing them what's been selling, that they've probably still got a figure of six seventy to seven hundred in their head, Mm -hmm. right? So the 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 challenge is um, educating those owners around where the market is going to perform, but then we've got the same challenge again with a lot of the agents in the marketplace, in that they're only really noticing their figures significantly dipping in the last quarter, the last three or four months. And like most salespeople, most salespeople panic, which is the worst thing you can do.
0: Yep.
1: And you know they, 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 they are now realising that their existing stock levels aren't moving. So instead of having these real discussions with the vendors that they've currently got on their books, in a lot of cases, they bury their head in the sand and just go for the next listing and hope hope they're going to hit a home run and get lucky on the next one and they end up overpricing it uh, and having the same problem. So we're noticing, I'm noticing in our market that a lot of my competitors are having high stock levels, their stock levels at an individual level are increasing and their clear out rates are getting lower. Um, And what happens with that is salespeople, we're all human, um, after four or six weeks of Realising that it's not going to be sold, and then having another three or four coming on the books and then another month down the track, another two or three coming on the books, agents lose interest yep. really quickly, and they lose energy. And then most agents, once they get um, met with perhaps a little bit of resistance from the vendor on they, that first price discussion crumble. around the market's changing, they give up yeah. So, we're also seeing realist opportunities, which we haven't seen, Ray, in probably five or six years. Yep. Um, so, I think, you know, for all agents in a changing market, what, what's really important is setting the sale correctly at the front end and having honest discussions with owners about the market and being open about where the market was. You know, back, back in October to December, Ray, here are five comparable sales, and we can clearly see that your property would have comfortably achieved a result somewhere between $670,000 and $700. However, if we compare that just for a moment against these six that have transacted in the last six weeks, you can see a noted change, and that change is somewhere between five and eight percent. Then if we go online and have a look at my iPad here, Ray, I've saved Um, links to another six properties that are going to be competition if you go to market now. Yep. And these listings aren't just with me. These are across a selection of competitors in in the marketplace and we'll be competing for the same space with the same buyers. So we need to know what our competition is. We need to know where their price points are. And you can see from looking at what's for sale, you can see from what's been sold, and we can see the trend from the back end of last year that the market has changed. Have you thought about that, Ray? Do you think it's having that type? That's the dialogue yeah, that yeah, I think agents need to be having.
0: Well, you you said you said something before. Real discussions. I like that. You need to have a real discussion with your seller and uh, the the skill set of so many agents. And I'm not here to look, I'm, I'm making observations, I guess, because we've got a lot of great people that listen to the show. But if you if you are struggling in this arena, pick up on what Garth's talking about here, guys, because um, you do need to sit down with your sellers and you need to physically be there whenever you can. This is not a discussion that you want to have on the telephone. Like initially, you need to set it up and, uh, and meet with them because you're 100 times more effective when when you're one-on-one and you sit down and you do have that, that honest discussion. So, um, Garth, what about what about the whole listing, listing thing because there's still agents out there who are telling a seller what they want to hear and um, I guess it comes back to your, I know your logical price versus emotional price philosophy. Is that still applicable in this market?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as uh, the great Lee Woodward would say, people dig into arrogance and give into courtesy. So people want the opportunity to be able to achieve their price. There's no doubt about that. Once you separate out all of the agent opinions that are pitching for the business and the owner actually sits down and says, well, Ray, this is what I was actually hoping to achieve. For us to move from A to B to make this transaction, this is where we were hoping to um, try on price. Provide you've had that real discussion about where the market is, and that the owner accepts that there's a there's there's a possibility that they they may not achieve their result, and they're accepting that there may need to be a plan B adjustment at some point. Then fine, you know, set the strategy in place to give it a red hot shot. Yep. Um, however, the other critical part um, that I'm noticing a huge gap between competitors is marketing, and having been through the honeymoon market that we've been in the, you know, the last three or four <coughs> pardon me the last three or four years a lot of our competitors have stopped advertising and marketing um they've reduced their online presence they've reduced their print presence um, they're not putting properties um, across all the platforms they're not in some of them aren't embracing social media marketing so is that because they're not getting the results No, that's because they weren't doing it before, Ray, and they're still doing the same things that they were doing in a peaking, booming market, and they haven't adjusted to the market they're now in. So, a lot of the agents out there need to sit back and go, well, you know what, what worked a year or two ago isn't going to work anymore. We've got to put that Marbig binder folder back on the shelf and pull out another one and reinvent ourselves, and we need to now create energy around listings. You know, I think I think results and days on market are a direct reflection of the amount of energy that's invested into the marketing and the relationship with the seller. Yep. So, where the sellers have high energy from their agent and a committed agent that's on that listing daily working at communicating, talking to buyers, talking to vendors, trying to create strategies through advertising to generate more opportunities – those sellers will come to market faster than the ones where the agents don't have the marketing, the tools to create the energy to get opportunities to sell the listings. And then they sit back and throw their hands in the air and go, this is too hard. No one's inquiring. It's overpriced. The vendors now being resistant. They're avoiding my calls. They don't want to meet with me. Uh, they don't want to have any price discussions with me. I'm going to move on to the next one. And then they disengage yeah. from the vendor. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we need to be putting high, you know, high octane energy into every listing um, with the vendors. And because without that energy, we're not going to move them from for sale to sold.
0: Yep. Yep. One strategy I've been, I've been hearing a lot of in the last couple of months, Garth, I guess specifically, is, is, uh, is agents having one or two discussions with their sellers pretty much every day. And getting them, and getting them sold and, and whipping them into shape, uh, which I think, which I think is interesting. I just love that level of communication because, I mean, hey, in a great market where you list it for 800 and you have a cracking auction and it ends up at 880 or nine, it's never an issue because everybody knows it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's going to go along perfectly. But that's, it sounds from what you're telling me, the total opposite's going on. And I just, I've been making some notes here you you've you've come up with some really cool ideas and some great strategies and and I'm seeing some opportunities firstly, I'm seeing three in particular firstly, and tell me what you think first, agents are getting busy with listings they can't sell. you mentioned that before so the so the low skill uh, or the unskilled or the inexperienced agent who can't adjust to the market, like you said, he's getting busy because his stocks piling up and stock that he can't sell, so he's not doing as much prospecting. So uh, there's there's more listing opportunities there. Second point would be um, there's more withdrawn listing opportunities because the lack of skill, like you said, the, the communication shuts down and they end up just hating the agent. So the authority expires and somebody else is going to come along and list a motivated seller. And the third thing would be to promote your days on market. I mean, you could run a pretty awesome marketing campaign a- around around that. If the average day's on market in your area is, I don't know, 55 and you're doing it for 45, if I'm a motivated seller, that's going to get my attention right there.
1: Yeah, it will. Massive. Yeah. It yeah, definitely will. 100% it will. And that's what vendors uh, want once they realise that they're in a market, that they're not going to achieve their goal. And and here's, here's the thing, is agents need to know and, and be comfortable with having these discussions because – You sow the crop today, the crop doesn't harvest tomorrow. Right. Right. The crop may take a month or two to harvest. Need to be comfortable with having these educational discussions and these open discussions around what they're experiencing in the market, what they're being told by buyers, not being the gatekeeper on that information. A lot of agents try to protect their sellers from this information and won't hand it over because they don't want to give negative feedback. Yep. Whereas it's not negative, it's just the reality, it's the mirror of what we're being told. So, you know, if, I, if I'm if i showing your home and the buyer walks out the front and I say, look, Ray, what do you think of the house? Would you like to own it? And you say, oh, look, I just think uh, I'm going to keep looking. Okay, Ray, well, why would you like to keep looking? W- which area of this property doesn't suit your needs? Is it the house? No, we love the house. Yep. Is it the location, the street? No, we lo- love the location and we love the street. Um, how do you feel about the price rate? Well, yeah, we think it's too high. Okay, so if we could isolate the price, if we could negotiate the price at a level where you would be com- confident value uh, for the property is, would you purchase the home? Oh, we might. Okay, so where would that be, rate? What price? So it's 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 drilling down into that negotiation. And then delivering that feedback to the vendor and and now it might be 50 grand below where the vendor would like to be. But going back to that vendor and saying, hey, look, I showed Alison through the property this afternoon, Ray. This is the conversations we had. Love the home, love the street, layout's correct. However, she's not confident about the price. When we got into some dialogue around price, she was prepared to possibly engage in a negotiation between this price and this price. How do you feel about that rate? Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: Now, by delivering that feedback to you now, and then perhaps hearing the same feedback next week, hearing the same feedback the week after that, is sowing the crop. And the crop's growing because people make decisions at their own speed. And most people need time to adjust to change people don't like change everybody's resistant to change no matter who you are at some level yeah. so if we learn to be patient and sow the crop and create space through the transaction for people to accept the change at their own pace your sellers will reach the destination at their own speed all you have to do then is stay in contact like you said a, a few moments ago you know i think having agents communicate daily is a great thing yeah and, and and eventually that crop yields because the owner gets there at their pace. As long as you're still there answering the phone, picking up the phone, being on the front foot, marching left, right every day and doing your job, your vendor will come to you. It's when you disengage and shut down and say, oh, I've got no reason to call them today. What am I going to talk about today? Mm. What am I going to do tomorrow? So so one of the best tools for an agent to use at the moment our listings coming on the market, our sales coming on the market, and they might not necessarily be in the immediate geographical, identically same location as their home. They could be in the suburb next door um, or two suburbs down. However, we can relate to market averages and correlate market shifts and changes back to our vendor no matter what suburb it's in. True. Yes, you know, so I can ring you and say, hey, Ray, just wanted you to know, remember that new listing I SMSed you three weeks ago down in Smith Street, Smithville, number five, it's just transacted rate. Now, I know it's not in the same suburb. However, I've been tracking that listing and its performance in the market, and the shift from original marketing price to sale price has been X percent. I just wanted you to be aware that that one is now transacted. And as I promised to you at the front, Ray, I'll make sure I keep you in touch with all the local data on a weekly basis. We'll continue to have these discussions.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Here's what I'm hearing a lot of happening at the moment. A property goes on the market for 800 that's worth 720 or 740 or something like that. It's not worth 800 not worth anywhere near it, give or take. Yeah. And when is a property the most you know normally when's it going to attract attract uh, serious attention normally in the first couple of weeks so, Yeah. so what happens is is uh, a property that's that's probably really worth 720 30 40 something like that say you get an offer for 760 or 770 and because there's been little or no feedback constant constant feedback and and monitoring and managing of expectations with the seller they pass it up They're not. They're not. They're not ready for it. They say no, and six weeks later, the next best offer you've had is is seven forty five. Your seven seventy people are long gone, and I'm hearing about that happening all the time. So, if there was ever a reason to manage your sellers' expectations and set them up to sell, as we say, and say, look, you know, we've got to be on the lookout. We might have some important decisions to make here. You can say this at the listing presentation, basically. Hmm. Um once you're all good to go we might have some important decisions to make here because you know a property is is often most popular with buyers when it first hits the market so and i've got this theory and i've been i've been <laughs> tell me what you think my my view is that let's say your average commission's 10 grand right if you if you lose a listing i believe that's cost you 40,000 here's why you've just lost 10 you've just given 10 to your competitor and you've lost probably a couple of listing opportunities, if not more, that you would have picked up around that listing if you'd done a good job, which you probably would have over the next, yeah. over the next six, 12, 18 months. So it's a $40,000 yep. loss. So if we accept, if we generally accept that losing a listing is four times your, your average GCI, why wouldn't you want to put as much effort as you can? I'm talking like sizzling pre-listing kit that's something that works and excellent communication right from day one, surely that's got to be a little bit of uh, an insurance policy against, against you know, a good offer going south when you know it's your good offer. And I've had these things in the past, and, and maybe you have as well, where you go back to your cell and there was no way you could convince them and they say to you, oh, Ray, I wish you'd made me take that offer back in June when we had it or whatever it was. Um, and, yeah. and you just can't and it's gone. So anything anything you can do to uh, to set them up to sell I think is important. But-
1: I agree, but it also takes agents need to step up to the plate as well, Ray. And in those moments where they're presenting an offer that they know the vendor should be taking, they need to say that to the vendor. Yep. Yep. You know, whereas a lot of agents are not doing that. A lot of agents are are getting to that third week. They get a fantastic offer, or maybe an offer that's five or ten grand off what the owner would accept or the discussions that they've had privately together. Yep. But the agent knows they haven't done their job. You know, like you said before, they know that they haven't given the right, the the right communication and they accept in themselves at that moment that they have, they haven't delivered. That's the time to step up and say, Hey Ray, I need to have a difficult discussion with you.
0: I like that. Yeah.
1: And, and there's a reason why. The reason why is because I care, number one. And when I took on your business a month ago, I promised you that I'd always be honest with you and give you the feedback as I felt was correct. However, I feel that we've underdelivered in terms of what the market is actually doing right this moment. And my concern is that if we let this offer and if we don't give it the attention that it deserves, that we could be looking at a result that's 20 or 30 grand below it in another month or two yeah
0: yeah
1: and i feel that your resistance to this is possibly the result of my lacking communication with you about what's been happening around your sale the last three or four weeks and i feel i could have done more to have educated you better so i was wondering whether i could have an hour of your time tonight before you decline the offer to sit down with you and show you some of the data that we haven't discussed.
0: I love it. Yeah, that's perfect. That's a great script right there. It's just just stepping up to the plate because – Well, I guess you'd be having a few of those at the moment, I'm sure. We all are.
1: I'm having them. Agents I'm working with are having them. And if you don't have them, you regret it more in a month or two afterwards because you go, damn, I just wish I had the kahunas to have that discussion then because – now they know. Now they know they've missed that market. Now they know the market's below it at another level. So, yeah, you do have to step up, and you're not going to be perfect. No one is. We all make mistakes. We all under-deliver at times. Sometimes we're too busy, and we miss uh, these conversations. Uh, but it is important that uh, we clear that up at when we're presented with an opportunity for an owner to sell their home at a price that you know you're not going to do better at.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, well, it's just, it's, it's about communication, I guess. It's just, it's learning the skills to jump in. And you've heard plenty of great scripts here. Garth just shared a heap. So, uh, I just think, you know, stay on top of this. Get your daily calls going to, uh, to, to your sellers and, and keep them in the loop as to what's happening. So, so they can make an informed decision because every phone call, I think is a, is a, is a worthwhile deposit in their, in their, Emotional bank account when the time comes to make that decision. So, um, so that's uh, that's awesome. Anything we can finish up on, mate? Any other tips?
1: I think uh, one of the best things an agent can be doing at the moment is note taking, is making sure that every day um, they've got their entire business down on a planner on paper. You know, which which could be a a to do book or a memory book or something something like that. Yeah, journal where they're just jotting everything down because what what I have noticed is although the market's slowing, the volume of business is speeding up. Okay. So the volume of people needing my help um, is increasing, and the the gaps and and the spill rate is also increasing. So if I don't write things down, if I'm not taking my daily notes on conversations, thoughts that are coming into my mind and jotting them down at that very moment, um, I forget things. Yep. Um, and opportunities, opportunities can slip through the cracks, phone calls. Um, you need to have carry a daily journal with you in the car, jot down everything, page it by date, and then at the end of every day, review it. Look at those opportunities, database, catalog, delegate. You know, Doug Malouf said it best, The three Ds, do it, dump it, or delegate it.
0: Yep.
1: Have it on paper at the end of the day, cross it off, move on to the next day. And the best thing about that is you, I I know I find from having the task lists daily, there's a sense of accomplishment at the end of every week and every month. Of course. And you can look back and you go, wow, look at how many things I've struck off.
0: Yep.
1: You know, I might have only sold four or five homes, but wow, look at what it took to do that volume. So, you know, then how could I improve? How could I scale and become more efficient? Could have I delegated better? How could have I have offloaded some of this work to create more time to do that?
0: Yep.
1: So you start analysing your business and I think um, where agents I, – I think um, this is the market where agents are going to make serious money, certainly in, in, in Sydney. Uh, we're already seeing an attrition rate of agents leaving now. I know last week in Campbelltown on Facebook there were three agents that have left the local industry. Yep, going That's back to three. their
0: old jobs. Mhm,
1: back to retail. Yep. Um, it's got it's just got too hot in the kitchen. Yep.
0: So, as agents leave,
1: it redistributes market share.
0: And increases, and, oppo- and increases opportunities, yeah, yeah you're about to say. It does. Yep. It increases opportunity. Yep.
1: So, you know, you, you but to, you are going to have to have room for another 30%, 35% work, and that may mean for a while that you're achieving the same output in terms of income. However, that volume will twist around the other way where in time with scale, you can then bring on an assistant and you can grow the volume and you can grow the income that you're making out of the business as a sales consultant. So, look, it's a great time. Uh, This is the best market you can be working in. Um, It requires agents to reinvent themselves and to not look at the business as if everything's gone south. Because uh, I can tell you, Ray, 70% of the agents out there, when you bump into them, you go, you know, I haven't got enough listings, prices have dropped, my vendors aren't listening to me, I lost a listing on fee, I can't get marketing. Yeah, you know, they they're, they're not reinventing themselves yep. and taking advantage of what's really in front of them. Yeah. So is the glass half full or is the glass half empty?
0: Well, I think it's half full. I think it's a great opportunity because, uh, like you said, people are leaving the industry. All you've got to do is skill up and go and do that thing that hurts, that make you, makes your heart beat and makes you really nervous and, and you feel really uncomfortable because when you do that, when you sit down with a seller, every time you do it, you're going to get better for a start and – don't we have an ethical, moral and legal obligation to level with them and tell them exactly what's going on? There's a lot of agents out there, Garth, not doing their job.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, um, and, that's what, and that's why the gaps are appearing. Yep. Um, and it's only been, you know, I mean, for us, it's really only probably been for most agents three to six months of a little bit of pain and a lot of them are starting to crack. And, you know, we, we're in a market that's likely to plateau or dip a bit more probably for the next three to five years. Yeah, yeah. It's not just, not just going to be one or two years. I mean, most cycles in Sydney um, have gone for at least seven to nine years. So it could even be longer than five years. But, you know, um, this is the market we're going to be in, as we call it, a normalising market. Yeah. So get with it, get on it, see the upside, um, become a better agent and, um, you know, adapt.
0: Well, buddy, um I just want to say a big thank you on behalf of everybody listening. I'll I'll say a big thank you as well. You're you're a a, a busy guy. You're managing sixty listings at the moment. You're managing a mega office in uh, there in Campbelltown and and your team and a and a huge rent roll. Um, thank you it means a lot that you're giving me this time, Garth. It's uh, it's fantastic. So uh, you're a you're a you're a class act, mate. And, and thank you so much.
1: Well, thanks. Look, Ray. Thanks for the invitation, mate. You know I love always chatting to you, and um chewing the fat as we say and uh i'd love to come on board again sometime in the future and have another talk
0: you're welcome anytime mate thank you